helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, thank you for joining us on the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today's show is about rebuilding self-esteem. And we wanted to do this show because last week's show we we did was on overcoming negative self-concept. And we found that at the end, we didn't have time to go into detail about giving and to give practical steps as to how to really rebuild self-esteem. So today's show is about doing just that. And with me in studio today is Melissa Waggot, and I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Thank you very much, Melissa, for being with us here again on the Life Transformation Radio Show. It's always a pleasure, Michael, and I'm really excited we get to expand on the topic we started last week because I think we'll really get into the, the heart of how you can start to overcome those negative beliefs and really give people practical tools that they can start implementing today. And, and I wanted to do this because, sorry to interrupt you, Miss, but I wanted to do this because I think it is such an important uh, area of our life because negative uh, self-concept and our, our low self-esteem can hinder us from achieving the things that God wants for us, that God has in store for us. And so I think this is part of equipping the body of Christ to rise to the level and to, to, to achieve and to, to reap the benefits benefits that God has in store for us. And so to start uh, today's show off, Michael, as usual for most of our shows, you've been able to identify a story in the Bible that illustrates the some of the points that we're going to be talking about today. Someone who was living with a bit of a negative self-concept and you've deconstructed his story a little bit uh, that will illustrate some of the co- things we'll be talking about later today. So who have we picked and where can we find them? Our Bible character for today is Mephibosheth. And for those of you who don't know who Mephibosheth is, he's the grandson of King Saul. The son is the son of Jonathan. And Mephibosheth, uh, from Second Samuel 9, verse 8, he had very low self-esteem. When he came before King David, and King David decided to show him favor because uh, of the friendship that David had with his father Jonathan, Mephibosheth referred to himself as being a dead dog. In Second Samuel 9 verse 8, Mephibosheth used these words as, Who am I that your servant should show favor to a dead dog like me? So the kindness that David was heaping on him didn't sit well with his self-concept. And he's going, something is just not quite right here. I don't deserve this favor. And so those words came from his lips. Who am I that you should show favor to a dead dog like me? So those are very strong terms. And I think if you think about it in the concept, a, a dog in those days wasn't a pet like you you would think about dogs today, because even dead dogs today have dignity. Their, their, their owners will bury them and they will grieve for them. But in those days, uh, dogs were like scavengers on the streets. And uh, he wasn't just considering himself to be a dog. He said, I'm a dead dog. And so he seen himself in a very negative, extremely negative light. And so 
how can we use this story to begin to rebuild our foundation so that we can improve our self-concept? How would you start, if you were to have Mathibachette walk into your office, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of things would you start doing with him to help him well, kind fir- of break through this that's negative a very identity? Good, very good question. I think the first thing I would do with him is to go to the root of where did this negative self-concept begin? Where did you first start learning, feeling as if you were a dead dog? What's the root? Where did this first start? And if we go back to the story of Mephibosheth and look back in the biblical references, we will see that as a child, when there was a war that had broken out in in, in the country where he was, in, in his hometown, as his nurse who had charge in charge of him was fleeing for safety, she dropped him. And it's because of that accident that he ended up being, as the Bible said, quote, crippled in both feet, unquote. And so here we have that from that one incident in his childhood being dropped, he became known as the boy, the man who is crippled in both feet. So I think for most of my client, if we if we go back and look at their past, there is usually this one pivotal moment that can they can identify from their childhood to say, yes, I remember this incident. I, for example, I was sitting in class and everyone was chanting this terrible name, was calling me this terrible name, and they wouldn't stop and the teacher did nothing about it. I remember this incident when my, my brother was teasing me around the dining table and I was crying, crying, crying. And my father, instead of telling him to stop, uh, said, why can't you just grow up? And I felt so alone and ashamed because not only was my brother calling me this terrible name, but my dad, who should protect me, did nothing about it. So I think the first step is to identify the root cause. Because once you know where it started, and it's usually in in the family home somewhere growing up or in early experiences in uh, among one's peers that we develop the self the self concept or this damaged self esteem so once you know the root i think it is key the bible tells us that we will know the truth and the truth will set me set us free so there is a certain power that comes from being able to say this is where it started and this is what has been affecting my life all these number of years so once you know where it all started where do you go from there so once you know where it started, you I think the next step is to identify what exactly is it? What is it that this experience has caused you to believe about yourself? Because different experiences affect us in different ways. So if we think about the experience of Mephibosheth, when Mephibosheth said, who am I that you should show favor to a dead dog like me? He's in fact saying, I am good for nothing. I am worthless. But other people have other types of negative uh, self-concept or negative core beliefs about themselves. For other people, it might be, I am unlovable because they, they were abandoned by a dad or by a, by a mom when they were children. And so that abandonment leaves them with this feeling that something is wrong with me. I'm not lovable because 
if mom had loved me then or if dad had loved me then they wouldn't have abandoned me the way that they did so once you can identify that core belief it can be very powerful but oftentimes it it's not as easy to identify it as as you might think yeah cuz even in mathibashet's description though it was more culturally and um historically based in saying I'm a dead dog. It's normally a bit more veiled. People don't tend to just out and out say I'm worthless. It comes out in different ways, whether it's actions or sort of bigger, broader feelings. So mm-hmm. what kind of ways do we do or in what ways do our core beliefs hide in terms of what we're saying or what we're feeling? And then how do we drill down to figure out what's actually at the root of that? Right. So in terms of of negative core beliefs hiding, a lot of times we we might not identify it as a core belief immediately. But uh, so it, you might just think that that's the way you are. This is how life is. This is how things unfold. But if you're beginning to do some, if you begin to do some self-examination, then you can, you can identify what that core belief is. So for example, if you were uh, applying for this position of work at work and you didn't get that, 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 uh, that promotion, that position that you wanted, and you're really down on yourself because you didn't get that that position, then you could ask yourself, so what that I didn't get that what we call the so what method. So so what that I didn't get that position. So the the, the, the person might go on to say, if I don't get that position, then I can't pay my bills. Then you ask yourself, so what if you can't pay your bills? If you if you can pay your, if I can't pay my bills, then I I am not a good provider. And then, so what if you're not a good provider? In other words, what does it mean if you're not a good provider? And the person might say something to the effect, then I am worthless. And so by digging down, asking those level of questions, a person will come to this place where they, they will say, well, the reason that I am so deeply hurt by not getting that position is not just because of these are the things that I'm telling myself, because sometimes those are the things when you look at it, they're irrational. Uh, oftentimes when people say, if I don't get that position, I can't pay my bills. When you look at it, that's not factual because they have savings, they have other income. So the real issue that is causing that emotional turmoil is that deep down below certain, below at a subconscious level, they're feeling the fact that I didn't get that position that I applied for and someone else got it means that I am worthless. And it's taking them back to their childhood when maybe they felt like they wasn't as successful as that sister that was often praised for her academic brilliance or they were made to feel in in school that they they, 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 they were worthless because they weren't as smart as others. Do you have any other examples of negative core beliefs that people hold? Yes, other negative core beliefs could be things like a person might feel unsafe. We have, for example, the unsafe category. Someone who is uh, abused as a child may, may, if you ask certain questions about, you know, they will say, well, you know, I don't trust people. People will talk things behind my back. Well, you ask, so, so what if they talk things behind your back? Haven't you talked things behind other people's back as well? Yes, but if they talk things behind my back, what does that mean? It might mean that if they don't, they don't like me. And so, so what if they, they don't really like you? And then you might get to the, to the place where the person might actually say, then I don't feel safe. 
And so the core belief there is that I am unsafe with people because people who were supposed to love and protect that person as a child breach their trust and abuse them, whether it be physically or, or, or sexually. And so uh, people who, are, who have that, who have a negative core belief that say I'm unsafe, they go through life with antennas up, you know, looking for uh, situations in which they, they might be hurt again. And so they keep people at a distance. Another category that we see among people who were adopted, for example, is I don't fit in category. Many people who were adopted, they carry this feeling of not fitting in, uh, or that that they are they they are they are they are unwanted in social situations. And in, in truth and in fact, people love them. People want to have them around, but deep down, they are feeling that they just don't fit in group. That they stand out. That that they they are just different than other people in the group. So it doesn't come from a rational. Uh, feeling it doesn't come from uh, experiences in 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 the present where people where they have been treated unfairly by people, but they they have this wound that they haven't dealt with. Just as Mephibosheth was crippled in both feet, they have this wound from their childhood that make them feel that make them feel that somehow they are they they, they don't fit in. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we are talking about rebuilding self-esteem. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we really encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can also call us at 613-699-1677 and we'd be happy to send you a copy. At this time, we also re- want to remind you about our upcoming retreat. It will be held on the weekend of November 17th in Lanark in the Ottawa area. If you um, want to join us, we encourage you to check out our website for more information and our registration form. But Michael, are there a few words you want to share about the retreat for people who may be interested and kind of on the fence? Because yes. as you told me off the top, space is already beginning to fill up. Right, absolutely. And I remember the last retreat that we had in, in June, uh, it filled up, I think, was from April because we had announced it uh much earlier than we did this last one. We just announced this uh, retreat a couple of weeks ago, and I think half of the spots are already filled. So uh, uh, just to, to give some more information about the retreat, it, it's, it's uh, as a, the, the word retreat implies, it's not a crowded event. We are just taking 12 individuals to this retreat. And so if you would like to be one of those 12 individuals, one of those 12 spots, then give us a call as soon soon as possible, 613-699-1677, or go to our website and fill out the form on the website. The, the, the retreat is going to be from uh, on November 17th, uh, from Friday afternoon, usually around 3 p.m. until Sunday morning. We wrap up at about noon on Sunday morning. So it's the weekend of, of November 17th. It will be at Lanark, uh, just about 45 minutes outside of downtown Ottawa. So it's a really exciting event. And as we talked about in the past, part of what makes this retreat exciting is that you actually take the time to get away and really invest time in yourself and get the healing that you've Absolutely. been working on and been desiring yes, for and, for so and, long. 
And and so I, I, when I think about retreat, I'm very excited because I see so many uh, breakthroughs at these retreats. I have people who have called me, you know, one one couple who came all the way from Alberta the last time. They have called me back to say their marriage is the best that it has ever been. And so I think it the great things can happen uh, when you take time away to reflect on your life and to put in place strategies over the course of a weekend that is going to help you for the rest of your life. So we'd love for you to, to join us on the weekend of November 17th. Call us at 613-699-1677 or visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com to get your name on the list. So Michael, before a break, we were talking about the ways to start rebuilding our self-esteem and you identified off the top that finding the root cause of where your negative self-concepts are then from there we're supposed to identify <clears throat> excuse me our negative core beliefs by using this mm-hmm. so what method that you described and gave a lot of examples of how to do that what else should we be doing to start rebuilding this strong foundation of self-esteem the next thing that we need to do is to pay attention to our inner voice because that inner voice is often uh, a voice that bullies us a voice that belittles us and a voice that continues the the, the negative uh the negative experiences that we have had in childhood. So one person who, when she made mistakes, would say, oh, I'm so stupid, why would I do that? And she would do that for for simple things like just forgetting, uh, t- you know, to, to take her cell phone in the morning or if she can't find her keys, she would often say, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid, why would I, wh- why would, where did I put my keys? And so that, that, in a voice that is is saying to her, you're stupid, it's repeating what the experiences that she had because her dad was very, very abusive, verbally abusive, and would say, you're so stupid, why can't you be like your sister? And so the inner voice is repeating that abuse. So I think if you're, if you're going to overcome negative self-esteem, pay attention to that inner voice. Pay attention to how you're treating yourself. And the, 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 the strategy for, for, for overcoming this part of, of the, the negative self-esteem is that you should ask yourself, would you say those things to a friend? Or if a friend were to say those things to you, how long would you maintain that friendship? So most people will say, yes, I would never talk to a friend the way that I talk to myself. So, so pay attention to your inner voice and be nice to yourself once you realize what that inner voice is doing. Because as I said, it's repeating the, the, the abuse from childhood. It's repeating the negative experience. And so if Mephibosheth were to listen to his inner voice, like the voice that came out to David was saying, I am a dead dog. In other words, I am worthless. But I think his inner voice would probably be, be very, very harsh to him as well. So, you know, when, when David David was saying, I'm going to do all of these nice things to to, for you, is in a voice is saying, you know, what what's the catch here? Yeah, you, you don't deserve this. There must be something wrong. Like, you know, this is going to fall through. You just wait and see. Because this is this is not possible that you could you, Mephibosheth, could be in the king's palace, eating at the king's table as David had promised him. Like he just didn't see himself. So he would be having these negative thoughts. No, you don't you don't belong 
here, Mephibosheth. You don't belong here. You belong in Lodabar, the place where he was before. And the funny thing about it is that when we do research on this place that's called Lodabar, it's this desert place. It's almost this wilderness that he was living in. And he was living there because of fear that still no one even remembered that he exists. So his, his, his fear, the fear in him was telling him, you are the grandson of the previous, the, the, the previous king and David is going to kill you. If David know where, where you are, then he's probably going to kill you because he's going to see you as a threat. When in truth and in fact he was no threat because he was he was crippled he he didn't have any army he had no resource but fear is so powerful it's false evidence appearing real that's the acronym that fear stands for and so in his mind he's living in this desert place called Lodabar and he's hiding and he he's he's, he's feeling as if he's no good and so when he heard that David wanted to see him. His negative inner voice was saying, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that David said to him when he came not is, fear not, Mephibosheth. Do not be afraid. I'm not going to harm you. So fear causes us to live in these desert places, away from the blessings that God has in store for us. Fear causes us to literally hide from our blessings and to imagine catastrophic situations that will never come to pass because oftentimes the things that that we fear are the very things that are going to turn out to be a blessing. So he was fearing David. He was fearing the king when the king was the very source of his life turning around for good, the very source of blessing that was going to unfold for him. So my message here to you if you're listening to this podcast is that when you the thing that you're fearing you may need to confront it because it's often in confronting that fear that you have those breakthrough moments. Mm-hmm. You begin to see it for what it really is. And that, as you said earlier, some it's often not even there. Yeah. The thing you're fearing the most isn't it's, even the reality right, standing before right, you. Right, right. So I think that leads nicely into my next question is how do we begin to convert this negative self-talk, this voice in your head, that ever-present voice in your head, that's making personal attacks at yourself into someone you actually would want to be friends with. And that can be something that can be a tool to build you up instead of tearing you down. Yes, yes. And and we have a, a, a strategy for doing that. And it's a sheet that we use that's called a thought record sheet. And one of the thing is, uh, as you begin to... Uh, if you're going to change that inner voice, you have to be able to keep track of your thoughts. Like, what kind of thoughts are you having? And there are different uh, categories of thoughts that psychologists uh, have come up with a list of thoughts that they say are below are, are behind the thoughts of people who have depression, who have low self-esteem, who has negative core concepts, issues. And these thoughts uh, fall into some of the following categories, such as what they call one category is negative prediction, where people are always predicting that something negative is going to happen. If we go back to the story of Mephibosheth, he was predicting that the king, when he heard the news, the king wanted to see you. The king wants to see you, Mephibosheth. Right away, he predicted in his mind, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. This is my doomsday. He's going to kill me. And, and so negative prediction is always like that. You know, for a modern day example of that, you hear that the boss wants to see you 
and it's like, oh, I'm going to be fired. Mm-hmm. Or I was thinking too, you get that text in the middle of the day, can we talk tonight, hun? <laughs> yes. And it's like, <laughs> they may just want to be taking you out for a nice dinner, but your thought just goes to, oh my gosh, what's going on? Right, right. Is our marriage okay? Is yeah. my relationship with my mom okay? Or whatever, whomever's right. talking mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. That can we talk is mm-hmm. like, dun, dun, dun. Right. And some people who have worry, who grew up with parents who worry a lot, uh, that negative prediction could go into things like even just simple things as receiving a phone call, hearing the phone ring, it goes to a negative prediction. Someone is calling me with, with bad news and you take up the phone and it's like someone is telling you something very good it's a for me it's the email ding the email ding does the same thing for me it's like oh gosh what news are we getting now yes yes and and so life becomes very very precarious in those situations in those kind of mindsets right where you're always predicting that there is negative things And and the thing is that you live in so much turmoil and so much agony that you are reliving these negative things things uh, daily that might only happen once every 20 years. And so, yes, people will, will die at some point in our life, right? But you might not lose a loved one for the for for the next 20 years or the next five years, but you can live every day if you have this negative prediction, predicting that every time you open a, an email from a relative that you haven't spoken to for a while, it's someone who has died, or every phone call is about uh, something negative, every meeting with the boss is that you're going to get fired, and life just becomes unbearable because the fear of these things are often worse than the things themselves. So negative prediction is one category of negative uh, of of negative thought patterns. The the other uh, another is what we call generalization, and generalization is when you go from looking at an incident as being a bad experience to using it to categorize who you are. So you burnt the toast. And instead of it being, okay, I burnt the toast, it becomes, I am such a failure, I'm not a good mom. And so, you know, for example, you're late to pick up your son from because of the traffic and you go right into that overgeneralization instead of saying, I am late, it's I'm a terrible terrible father or I'm a terrible mom and so these generalization create l- lot of anxiety and they're, and they're usually reflections of the negative core belief but I think identifying these categories if you if you would like to get a, a list of these categories then uh, please feel free to to call us at 613-699-1677 or go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com and we will send you out this this package with these uh negative uh, thought patterns that you can identify because identifying it is very, very powerful. It's like identifying what the the root cause is. And that's the thing, um, the sense I'm getting as you're saying this, it really seems to be a thought processes attached to you as a person instead yes. of your behavior. So mm-hmm. instead of saying, I made a mistake and my behavior made a mistake, I am the mistake. I, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it, Melissa. Like it, it is, it is so... Uh, it, it is personalized. So that not as you said, not that you have made a mistake, that you become... I am the, the mi- mistake. I am the mistake. And you can just imagine that that leads to negative self-concept, negative to low self-esteem, because that now you're feeling like there is something wrong with me because of these things that, that I have done. And, and another common one 
is minimization. And minimization is when you have this tendency to minimize positive things and to maximize negative things. So we see that in the story of, of Elijah, where when Elijah became depressed, he minimized all the great things that God did uh, for him, all the times when God saved him from Ahab and Jezebel. And all he could think of was the, the single fact that uh, Jezebel said that she wanted to kill him. So I see that we are out of show for today, uh, out of time for today. And I want to continue this show because I think we have a lot, a tons of other things here, Melissa, that tools that we can help people with. So we're going to have a part two to this show, Rebuilding Self-Esteem, to give you some more strategies to rebuild your self-esteem. I look forward to joining you next time. And, and before we close today, I'd also like to remind listeners about our upcoming retreat on the weekend of November 17th in Lanark. So if you'd like to attend this retreat, Give us a call at 613-699-1677 or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And we want to thank you so much for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart. And Melissa Waggett. Of Elam Counseling Services. Thanking you very much for joining on this episode of the show and praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.